team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. We are back. Mark Bickley, podcast time after a big weekend of sport. There was a wedding that I went to. My hockey team won a grand final. You had some footy presentations. Yeah. And we heard, I mean, I get excited when I hear audio for the first time thinking we can use this constantly. And this suki suki la la is going to be, this is, to be honest with you, love blighty. And you warned me to be really careful about how much I play this. Suki suki la la. This is the 2023 rats toss bag. Is it? Yep. Well, or when he said on television, that's a wank. <laughs> Steve Quartermain was there. He's working on Channel 10. That was funny. But that'll, uh, that'll get back if it continues to get played. This, yeah, but I and, thought about this. We, we, are, we are bookends of the day, so we are never going to cross paths <laughs> until the Christmas party when he stares at me and I start mm. crying and Blighty calls me, hey, suki, suki, la, la. And then what will happen is I will just go, no, I'm really upset and scared by what happened and you will see everything happen. Right in front of me. And once I start crying, right I'll be able to go, hold on. Hello, darkness, my old friend. And then Sam, our producer, will just go, oh. Unbelievable. And that's it. <laughs> We should make a song out of all of those. I think you can, you've got the talent to do that, Jack. Yeah. Like a theme song. And the time. I don't have much time. Well, it's not like you're spending it all day with friends. Oh, jeez. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> yeah, so this wedding I went to on the weekend yeah. was great. Um, it was Craig Goodwin's wedding, and I loved it. I emceed the wedding. I tell you what, some of the jokes that I rolled out. Oh. Outstanding classics. Well, you know, sometimes when you don't plan for things to happen Mm. and gold falls into your lap. Oh, give me an example. So I did the old, uh, I asked them who was over from overseas. Yes. There was someone there from New York. So I said, we've had someone travel from New York and you wouldn't believe it. We have had people travel all the way from Craigmore, which is a part of South Australia. And um, everyone laughed. Oh, and then that... one one table stood up and said, "We're from the York Peninsula." And immediately, I, th- I thought, "Amazing!" And my response was, "Good, don't steal anything." And everyone laughed. Why aren't you laughing? I don't know. Generally, I wait for something funny before. I <laughs> <laughs> had someone As come a rule. up, and and this is this is now where I actually had an awkward moment on the dance floor. First of all, the cake was fake. So they, they did the cut. What a fake cake. They did the cutting of the cake, yeah. but that's more symbolic now. So the actual cake was fake that they cut. So it wasn't a bake. No. It was a fake cake. It was a fake cake. It wasn't baked. It was fake cake. <laughs> and someone came up to me on the dance floor yeah. and said, can I have a photo with you? And I thought, this is awesome. I've been recognized. Yeah. And they said, my mum loves you. You get a fair bit of that with well, great grandmas now, well, don't you? <laughs> no, what used to happen, I used to hang out with Matty Liptak, who was a... The doctor. Yeah, He's medical, a good-looking guy. He was guy. a medical student. He was yeah. a good-looking rooster. And um, lovely young ladies would come up and say, oh, Matthew, can we have your, your photo? You're my favourite player. And then, yeah. Oh, Mark, you're my nana's favourite player. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think I'm massive in the old folks' homes at the moment. I reckon I could go on, yeah, but on you're, tour. Yeah, but you're perhaps. a clean-cut, nice guy yeah. that is lovely to everyone. And we did this thing on Friday where we sat around with Peter Burgoyne. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was great to see Peter Burgoyne, who was yeah, talking about finals Jason. Lunch, uh, finals breakfast, didn't we? Yeah, it was good, though. Yeah, it was good fun. It was good. Um, the two poached eggs we had were pretty nice, um, and the coffee was good, and you told some good stories. We had some good banter. And so people love it. At the uh, the five what was it called five seasons at the I've never been there before. Adelaide Oval Hotel. Yeah, it was excellent. Yeah, and we're staying uh, at a hotel this week where we're doing an outside broadcast from the Hotel Grand Chancellor. Cannot wait. So I'm going to request we do it in bathrobes. Would you do that? Um, you can wear clothes underneath. Let me, I won't. Let me think about. It. So we just sit there in robes. No, there's too much stuff going on. What do you mean? Like with your body? You have. Now, anyway, we won't, we won't go there. So what are you trying to say? Well, you don't want me to. You, sometimes there's some involuntary actions that happen <laughs> in this studio that are bad enough when you've got, when you're fully clothed without being just a bathrobe away. Oh, <laughs> unbelievable. Hey, we had a good show today yeah. talking about Braden Maynard. Uh, we spoke to Malcolm Blight. Suki, Suki, la, la. Um, and also Ollie Lord from... Port Adelaide, we're going to have to have a chat to the power because every time we talk to someone from Port Adelaide, um, they're doing stuff. It's like they're driving their car, they're washing their dishes. Just sit down and talk for eight minutes. They're in the zoo. Yeah, <laughs> Jack Madgen last week was like he's, going around. Adelaide, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, no, it was a good show and footy finals are here and we are loving it. So, should we get into the podcast? What do you think? Yes, I think we should. All right, let's do it. Enjoy. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Good morning to you. Welcome to another fantastic week. Tuesday, the 12th of September, 2023, week two of the AFL Finals and... There's a fair bit happening. We are live in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. A huge thanks to Chemist Warehouse, too, for great savings every day. Mark Bickley, how was your weekend? Good morning, Jared. Good morning, everyone that's tuning in. It was massive, wasn't it? I just love the footy, by the way. Started Thursday night, which was great. Then there was Friday, big doubleheader on Saturday. Unfortunately for Port fans, didn't finish how you would have loved on Saturday night, and particularly with a couple of injury concerns as well. So, um, a lot to unpack, isn't there, across what's been a busy four days. We certainly will, and you make the show, so you can always text us in 0427-154-166 alongside Tyre Power. Big footy final sale is now on. We can talk sport a little bit later on, Bix, but mm. it's always good to catch up with you. Haven't seen you in a while. We're getting to Studio Lumo this morning. I'm trapped behind the garbage truck which I can't get into the car park for about 10 minutes and I'm scared about telling the guy to move. Um, so it was a good start. How was your weekend? What did you get up to that wasn't necessarily sports-related? Well, let me think. There was a little bit of uh, the presentations across the weekend for all the kids' junior sports. So my boys playing footy at Foss Camden. We've had a big day down there and everyone got a little trophy or a... Brighton Trophy Centre would have supplied them. Pat on the back, yep. yes. So that was good. So we had the last chance to sort of sit out in the sun down at the footy club, which was nice. And then we just caught up with friends a couple of times across the weekend, which was good. 
Nice weather. 23 degrees today as well. Spring is certainly here. Well, the whole week's going to be fantastic. Yeah, exactly right. So if you're still playing footy and you're training throughout this week, you're going to have a great week because there's nothing better than getting out on a Tuesday or a Thursday night, kicking the ball around. Yeah. The sun's still shining. The grass looks fantastic. It's back growing again. It's out of its winter dormancy. Yep. So, yeah, can't wait. And Port Adelaide fans, they get the opportunity to support their team one more time at home. So they'd be disappointed, but turn up in droves, playing a, a worthy opposition in the uh, the GWS Giants, who been quite spectacular this year, particularly the second half of the season under Adam Kingsley. And they are going very well at the moment. So they will be a formidable opponent. I watched that game while emceeing a wedding on the weekend. So it was one of those challenging moments where you're trying to focus on the bride and the groom, but also check your phone every five minutes to see what's happening in the, uh, the AFL match. So it was um, yeah, a challenging evening on Saturday night for a few reasons, actually, because you know how I like to talk about um, my exceptional performance as a Masters hockey player. Yes. Well, this year I decided to not play hockey. Mm -hmm. Just wanted to take a bit of a breather and have a bit more balance in life. And the team that I normally play for, this is the um, the Metro 2s team. So it's Division 3 in Hockey South Australia. They finished fourth and then they managed to beat the third place team in an elimination final. Yeah. Then they played the second place team who lost in week one. So they played the winner of three and four. Mm-hmm. And then they won the grand final on the weekend, which made me feel excited, but also flat because I would have liked to be part of the celebrations. And I just realized they didn't need me to help them get to success. Mm-hmm. I feel a bit like Gary Ablett once he left Geelong and they won the flag. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe the two might go together. What do you mean? Well, you left and they won. I know. I know. <laughs> why, why are you surmising that if you played, they would have won? No, I'm saying that me leaving has helped oh, contribute yeah. to their win. Well, you should be happy then that you've brought I was happy. Oh, it was bittersweet. So I was happy and then I was sad about Port Adelaide, but I was equal as happy because I can say that I was at Craig Goodwin's wedding, which turned into a farewell on Saturday night too. I had a feeling, and I said this to you before I left yeah. Studio Lumo last week, Got a feeling something's going to happen with Craig Goodwin, and then we find out on Friday that um, he's leaving. And he literally left last night. He's on a plane. Mm. He would have just landed in Saudi. He plays on Friday. Wow. Turns around pretty quickly. It's it's an amazing opportunity, though, when you read about some of the players that are now over there in mm. that league, to be able to suit up and play against them regularly. That's a phenomenal opportunity. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about it. i I don't think that we at this point understand the significance of losing a player like Craig Goodwin and Mm. what it will do to Adelaide United, but also the supporters, Mm. because this is one of those reality checks of what football is like. It's a business and there's football decisions and there's business decisions. And I know we'll, we'll speak to Nathan Cosmina, the CEO, a little bit later on this week about it, but it's going to be a really challenging time because Craig Goodwin is the best player in the competition. He was awarded that mm. medal um, at the end of last season. He's a current Socceroo. Most and, recognisable player for the Red, you know, yeah. in terms of... He will go down as the, the greatest player in Adelaide United's history. And Really? Yep, I truly believe that. Wow. Yep. The cons- good players. The consistency of him scoring mm. almost every game he plays, if he's not scoring, he's assisting. And then he's gone 
we lose a high-caliber person, but also high-caliber player, the captain, and that throws everything up in the air. And all of the supporters now are going to be watching to see what Adelaide United spend that money on. Will they try and get a player to replicate Craig? Will they spend the money on a couple of players? Mm. I don't know. But it's a it's a big thing to happen a few weeks before the season starts. What would you do? If I was Craig? Would you get – no, no. If you were the um, Adelaide United, yep. you get a pot of money for Craig. Yeah. Are you going and getting another marquee player to replace him? Or are you saying, you know what, we can perhaps get three players who are of a uh, lesser standard, but that may add depth to our side? I would be aiming for a player to have as much impact as possible straight away. And this is the challenge that a lot of the, um, the A-League teams face, that it's all well and good to spend money on a defender who might be one of the best in the world, but we want to see someone scoring goals and we want someone to sell tickets to get to the game. So we need someone that's going to have impacts like Craig has um, because their, their strike force up front is going to be challenged. Um, and we haven't really recruited in the off-season. Adelaide United won on Friday night in the NPL Grand Final. I think they won 7-2 against Modbury Jets, which was pretty massive. But the wedding was good. Uh, it was at Langhorn Creek. I'd never been to Langhorn Creek before. Have you been there? Yeah, a couple of times. It's beautiful. It is wonderful. Long drive, though. When you're driving to a wedding, the hour and a half on the way home, <laughs> my goodness. Um, uh, massive thanks to Mortine Group Fleet. Seven massive brands. That's who we're here for today. And, of course, we would love to hear from you. So, Bix, what was your highlight of the weekend? We'll get into the five things you learned a little bit later on mm-hmm. because we start with the the positives. So I wanted to know what or who made a difference over the weekend um, for you. Yes, I'm, I'm going to go with the, a local story, and that was Ollie Lord. I just thought he was fantastic on the weekend. Um, kicked four goals in his debut final. It was a tough weekend for uh, key forwards. There's not many that... Absolutely dominated. I know Danaher kicked five goals, but Ollie Lord up forward, first final, took some contested marks, did some really nice things, finished his work. And I just thought, you know, many people, myself included, thought that might have been a little chink with Port Adelaide. Charlie Dixon not playing. He was against Harris Andrew as well, who's one of the key players for the Brisbane Lions. So I just thought his game that he played and the way that he went about it and what he did was absolutely fantastic for a young player. And one of the shining lights for Port Adelaide. I like it. We make a difference. Save on your everyday living expenses. Um, and we we try to balance the positive and the negative with the dig. We'll get to that in a moment. Um, I wanted to shout out Martin Boyle from the Socceroos, who made his first return to football in a very long time because they had an interesting game over the weekend um, in Mexico. Yes. Uh, against Mexico in the United States. So um, he scored a goal in his first game back, which is awesome. We make a difference helping members save up to 12% at hundreds of shops and restaurants. Okay, we've got to balance this out. We've done the positive, now into the negative, all right? Let's go into our dig on this wonderful There is a Tuesday couple of mentions morning. I'd like to make. Certainly as a major sponsor in Vodafone. And Alan Scott, you're wrong. Before you dig, lodge a free inquiry online. Don't dig blind. Search before you dig online, byda.com.au. My dig is this. If you are going to have a international football match, mm played in an international caliber venue, make sure the pitch is okay. I don't know if you saw the pitch that the Socceroos played on on the weekend. No, I didn't catch it. Basically, you could have just got little square meter sections of artificial turf 
and put it together. So I'm just going to show you a photo of this right now. Okay. Have a look at the surface. It looks horrific. Mm. This is played in a massive arena um, over in the States. So um, they played at the home of the Dallas Cowboys, the Socceroos, ended yep. up with a two-all draw against Mexico. It just looks like a badly crafted patchwork quilt. And players like Martin Boyle, who has mm. come back from a pretty serious injury, that has injury written all over mm. it. If you're not going to take it seriously, don't play the games yeah. there. And the other thing as well is is that the, the ball – Going across the turf is a pretty important part of, of the game. Isn't I agree. It? Yep. It's like playing a tennis match and, you know, the ball bouncing in all different directions. If the surface isn't right, it affects what actually happens and the ability of the players to execute the skill. So, yep, that's a good dig. Do you have you. a nomination for a dig or do you need a little bit more no, no, time? No, no. I'm happy to go with a nomination for the dig. And, and it's a controversial topic from the weekend. Oh, Braden no. Maynard and, and uh, Angus Brayshaw. And it's not so much about the incident because we're going to unpack that a lot later or, or later on when, you know, everyone can get involved as well in the text line. But just some of the – I think some of the um, discussion around it can get irrational. You know, people saying, oh, well, if Maynard gets suspended, that's it. I'm out. I'm never watching a game of footy again. That's part of footy. Like, <laughs> You're just, doing impersonations now. Oh, no, I'm just <laughs> – people get – like it's an emotive topic. I yeah. get it. But if he gets three weeks, the game will still go on. We'll st- it'll still be a great game. And, and there'll be a nuance in our game that, that'll be slightly different and we'll have to adjust to it. Just like we've been adjusting for the last 130 years. And I so love this. the game won't stop. The sun will come up tomorrow and we'll still have a great final series. We are going to talk in depth about uh, Brain and Maynard. I'm sure it's going to be part of our Brecky brainstorm as well. Um, before you dig... Lodge a free inquiry online. Don't dig blind. BYDA.com.au. I want to leave you with two digs to think about. So um, we've got a few texts coming in, which we'll get to in a moment about Port Adelaide. There's a few digs there. So uh, our very own Kane Corns had a dig at some power players last night. Dersmer, at least he tries. He gives effort, but he was um, didn't have a great performance and he, he wasn't alone. And you get exposed in finals and we saw him fumble a couple of times. But the one I'm really disappointed in is Jeremy Finlayson and I have been for a number of weeks now. They need their big players because there's not much behind them and there's no depth. He's got to be better and he'll be lucky if he's in the side this week. And we are speaking today to our very own here at SENSA, Malcolm Blight, mm. who had a dig at the team Port Adelaide uh, are playing against this weekend. You've, you've seen no, no, how... No, no, I don't no, just, let, just let me finish. Yeah. So the team that they are playing this weekend have had an incredible record mm. away from home and... It's made him have a dig at some other supporters that might be complaining about road trips. The GWS Giants have won at 11 different grounds. I said all those sooky... 11 away. I'll just give them to you in a minute. But I just want to say something about some people, the Crow supporters and followers, who are sooky, sooky la-las. This is Crow supporters I'm having a crack at. They whinged and bitched about going to Darlin and Ballarat. Early in the year. And they said it's a VFL, it's still Victoria. Suki, suki, la, la, crow supporters. Put your big boys' pants on. Listen to what the GWS Giants have been made to do. Graham Corns has always thought it's unfair. Oh, well, it's... Oh, suki, suki, Graham. Suki, suki, la, la. <laughs> so we'll talk to Blighty about that a little bit later on. Um, Billy Brown is uh, <laughs> 23 degrees today. 
please send us a text, 0427 If you're listening on the app, you can have a look to see what we're wearing today and, of course, to see what Studio Lumo looks like. And we should give a very special shout-out to Central's Harry Grant. I asked how he said his surname last night. He said, do not call me Grant. I'm from New South Wales. Mm-hmm. Harry Grant is my surname. So he has joined the likes of John Platten, Gilbert McAdam, and Paul Thomas in being a Central District player to win a McGarry Rent medal. What about John Duckworth and Gary Window and others? Uh, he was outstanding. So, What about the finish? He polled maximum votes, three votes, in his last five games. That is a Five barn- votes from the opening seven rounds. Isn't that crazy? That's a barnstorming finish. And the next best player from Central, so he polled 27 votes. The yep. next best player polled four. Nick Rokar finishing second again. I was there last night just doing a little bit of stuff for San Valentin. It's always a brilliant night. Mm. So lots of sports to talk about. We'll talk about Brain and Maynard next on SENSA. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 21 minutes past six on SENSA Breakfast. Good morning to you. Um, there's plenty to talk about too. The Adelaide 36 is their season starts very soon. Um, over the next few days, we're going to try and catch up with someone from the six and in even better news, Mark Bickley. Uh, together with the advertiser, we are looking for Australia's basketball super coach. There's a prize pool including cash, merchandise, NBL experiences worth over $10,000. So register to play super coach for your chance to win a bonus two and a half thousand bucks. Icanwin.com.au for more details. We love doing this to start off your morning. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Yes, indeed. By the way, you should put in for the uh, basketball super coach. What are you? What's your team called? Your daughter's team? The uh, Larks Bay Lakers. The Larks Bay Lakers. Yeah, you're a bit of a super coach. You know the game. It could be you. Yeah, I mean that uh, being part of my daughter's basketball team this year has been one of the most challenging times of my life. To be honest <laughs> okay. with you. <laughs> All right, let's have a look at the uh, the Brecky brainstorm. This is where we ask you to contribute to the show. We put a poll up on our. Uh, SENSA 1629 Twitter account or X account, whichever way uh, you want to talk about it. Uh, and the poll this morning, not surprisingly, is in regards to Braden Maynard. It is a polarizing discussion, it is a polarizing topic. And the question is what should happen with Braden Maynard at the tribunal tonight? So, will it be zero weeks, no case to answer? Will it be three weeks suspension for, for uh, knocking out a player? Or will it be somewhere in between? There you go. They're the three options. Seven o'clock this morning. We're going to hear about the five things that you learned. I also want to ask you a few questions about the Braden Maynard incident mm. because um, uh, you, you, I want to give you some time to actually talk about this yes. and um, the way that things have been handled. And just for getting involved with our Brecky Brainstorm this morning, you got the chance to win that Signet Boost Power Bank. It will keep your phone tablets and uh, earbuds powered 24-7. A few texts coming in, 0427 Josh from Aldingo, that's why you're laughing. More impersonations. Please, Bix. No, that's not my strong point. I thought it was very good, but I think we should um, <laughs> now get a little, like, isolated bit of audio of Blighty going, Suki, Suki, la, la. <laughs> we also had Phil saying, the thing I'm most fed up as a Port member is all the delusional noise coming out of Port Adelaide over the last couple of days. The club should have shut up this week. They've done the talking and made stupid comments like seeing Oppenheimer. They've talked the talk for years and failed to deliver. 
Mm. But you also predicted, Bix, when you spoke about Oppenheimer, that it could blow up just like the movie. (laughs) (laughs) That was tongue in cheek. Uh, This one's from Pete in Mandura. Hey, you good-looking blokes. Pete must wear glasses. I need help. Every media personality is negative about Port Adelaide. I need some positivity to lift my week. Okay, Pete. This is what this is what uh, you can hang your hat on is that we get seduced as uh, tipsters and media types after the first week of the finals because it's always doomsday for the sides that lose that sort of uh, that clash against the the top four and the team they play is always coming off a win so the winners always look better than the losers but the numbers are overwhelmingly in favour that the higher ranked team that like Port Adelaide that comes home and plays at their home ground, win the next week. It's something like 80-20. So, Pete, I'm not saying they will win, but the odds are in your favour because we do get seduced by watching the Giants. They were fantastic. They had a great win. We watched Port Adelaide play against Brisbane. They lost, missed some shots, did a few things poorly, got some injuries. But by and large, that team generally regroups the one that loses and comes out and wins. There's some positivity for you, Pete. Thanks for letting us know. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. The NFL starting over the weekend. And the great news is, alongside Beaumont Tiles, um, they are giving you the chance to win a trip for two to American Footy's biggest game. It's worth over $70,000. All you need to do is shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12, and you are in with a chance. T's and C's apply. It is 26 past six. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Montaigne Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 29 to 7 on SEN SA Breakfast. We have been talking about a lot of sport already this morning. Our Tuesday wash-up alongside Denrod Metals, your scrap metal dealer. Um, Mark Bickley, we have a huge show today. So as we mentioned, uh, Malcolm Blight is going to join us to talk about his thoughts from the weekend's football. Also, as part of our Tuesday wash-up, cash for scrap medals at Denron Medals, your scrap medal dealer, Ollie Lord. Um, four goals in a finals debut was outstanding and a, a good news story for Port Adelaide. We're going to speak to him after 8 o'clock this morning too. Yeah, how good's that? And um, keen to get his mindset for a young player playing his first final and being able to perform really well in a pretty hostile environment. Plenty of texts coming in 0427-154-166. We will get to them after the news, which is right now. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Montaigne Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 24 to 7. Good morning to you. Top of 23 degrees today on Tuesday, the 12th of September. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, you can head into Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. Malcolm Blight is going to join us a little bit later on in the show. And Bix, your wish is my command. We have managed to find this. Suki, suki, la, la. So we're going to hold on to that. I love that. We're going to hold on to that for uh, the rest of the year. Um, And Bix, we were talking about impersonations earlier. You managed to say this. And I just love the footy, by the way. Reminded us of uh, another famous ex-footballer. We're not always going to get it right. And sometimes you're not going to agree with us. But that's okay. Because just like you, we care. Just like you, we're passionate about the game. That's you. We just love the footy. (laughs) Brett Kirk Bickley. 
Brett Kirk is a superstar. By he way. is. He's a great guy. Um, well, what's wrong with saying you love the footy? It's the finals weekend, don't we all? That's we love we... the footy. I watched a fair bit of footy on the weekend too. And we'll talk about the Sandville a little bit later mm. on because the Bays were absolutely dominant. Games there. It was very tight at halftime, both those games. Yeah, then the, mm. the better teams just kicked away. No matter your club colours, Balfour's after the game. All right, Bix, what's happening in the world of sport? Okay, let's talk tennis US Open. First of all, Novak Djokovic craves more, even after cementing his place in sporting immortality with a record equaling 24th Grand Slam singles crown. The Super Serb gained sweet revenge over Daniel Medvedev with a sapping 6-3-7-6-6-3 US Open final triumph in New York to match the all-time majors mark of Australian legend Margaret Court. So we know that the 24th slam eluded Serena Williams, who lost her last four major finals before retiring last year, but not Djokovic, who became the oldest man to win the Flushing Meadows title in tennis's in tennis 55-year professional era, 36 years of age, and replaced the great Ken Rosewell, who was 35 when he won the 1970 US Open. So there you go. He's uh, breaking all the records with no sign of slowing up uh, the Joker. Lots of people watching him as well. You saw Leo DiCaprio. He was just um, moving around all the different sports just with a big wow, mm. watching Novak. And Australian golf star Minji Lee has held her. You're obviously nerve. thrilled with that from See, me. Well, he's Leonardo. No, he just gave me nothing, oh. mate. I thought you'd be excited that I've noticed Leo there, and you've just gone, yeah, great, good story, and moved on to Minji Lee. Minji <laughs> Lee. She held her nerve to clinch her first LPGA Tour victory in 15 months with a thrilling playoff win at the Queen City Championship in Cincinnati. So well done to Minji Lee. Uh, and the Mexico City Marathon. This one's for you, Jared. It may have to start Perfect. investing in some more improved anti-cheating functionality. So they had 30,000 runners in the field. 11,000 runners were disqualified. What they didn't know, they put a marker every five kilometers. And, yep. and um, uh, what happened was if you missed those checkpoints, it would show up on your, it must have had a chip or something in your little uh, number that you wore. And 11,000 of the 30,000 didn't complete the full course. That's that's a fail, I would have thought. Speaking of Mexico, I wanted to jump into this World Game update alongside Christian Brothers College, the world before us, because the Socceroos had the two-all draw with Mexico in Dallas over the weekend. It was good timing as well. It was around 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. So Harry Suda scores a goal, Martin Boyle scores a goal, and uh, look, they were they were probably pretty disappointed to not hold on to that 2-0 lead. Uh, Graham Arnold was quite happy. So this is what happens from here, Bic. So the Socceroos next face England at yes. Wembley on the 14th of October ahead of their World Cup qualifying fixtures in January's Asian Cup. This is the thing that I wanted to raise with you as part of the World Game Update. And I know this. The 16th of November, the Socceroos have a game. Is one of their World Cup qualifiers. We're mm. just trying to work out who they're going to be playing. It is down to two capital cities where they will be playing. One of them is Melbourne, Victoria. Mm. The other one is Adelaide, South Australia. Wow. So there's a chance that the Socceroos will be here. I'm not sure if it's going to happen. But then that poses the question, if we manage to get a Socceroos game here against, let's be honest, they're not going to be a big team. It could be something like the Maldives or something, um, where do you play it? Because mm. for me, it's a no-brainer to play it's at Highmarsh Stadium. It's got to be, yeah. 17,000. It's World Cup 
now ready as in everything has been upgraded. So all the facilities are fantastic. And I would much rather 15,000 at Hindmarsh Stadium than 15,000 at Adelaide Oval. And here's the thing. First dibs on the tickets go to Adelaide United members. Yep. People who support the local product ought to get first crack when the real stuff, well, the real stuff is not the right word, when the big ticket teams come to town because they're the people who are supporting the the week in, week out. So reward them. I agree with you. And if Craig Goodwin plays, it could be an awkward kind of return to Hindmarsh Stadium. He knows it pretty well, doesn't he? Uh, Christian Brothers College partners with Tottenham Hotspur unleashing new opportunities for students. Let's continue on, Bix, because there's plenty of news happening at the moment. Our footy shorts alongside Loop Logics, the Swiss Army knife of construction management. What can you tell us about Todd Marshall? Yeah, he's in some doubt for Saturday night's semi final against GWS due to an ongoing hip injury that Nathan Bassett said contributed to his goal-kicking yips last week. Now, Marshall is normally one of the league's most accurate goal kickers. Kicked 45 goal 15 last year. He followed up this season with 34 goal 15. So um, 10 less, but still very accurate. So uh, he had some forgettable moments, though, in the 48-point qualifying loss to Brisbane at the Gabba on the weekend. Two of his close-range shots didn't even register at score, so he kicked them out of bounds on the full. Um, and as I said, Port Adelaide... Assistant coach Nathan Bassett said he was no certainty to face the GWS Giants this week. He talked about having a scan. He's off having a scan with Trent McKenzie and Dylan Williams. So all three players, you would think, in um, pretty solid doubt for this week. Particularly Williams, who came off with a hamstring injury. You wouldn't think that would be... Uh, uh, he won't play. Well, you wouldn't have thought so. No. It was, if it was bad enough It'd be to a miracle off, if he, yeah, if he came back. Unless it was some sort of cramp or something like that. And... and I don't know what Trent McKenzie's done, but he literally, people fall across him. He lands yeah. awkwardly. He just has had a wretched run. And this last one where it was an ankle injury, it was no fault of his own. A player fell over. His ankle got caught under the player. And you could see how frustrated he was. Ditched the mouth guard into the turf as he was coming off. So he yep. thought it was quite serious. And he thought that potentially his finals campaign was over. But um, let's hope that as that settles down, that he's some sort of chance of playing. They desperately need some height in defence, so that's going to be interesting to see how that unfolds. Renato had a text message about that, 0427154166. Hi, gents. I think Ken Hall plumbers need to get to Albany and fix their leaking defence. <laughs> um, well, uh, it's interesting because there was a text earlier today just talking about when Port Adelaide have played the top five sides away from home. They only played, they played Carlton, they played Collingwood, and they've played Brisbane of the top five teams, all three of those games played away were 50-plus point losses. Mm. Although the weekend was 48, so it must have been quite Close that, enough. Yeah, it's around 50 enough. points and above. So not great form against the really good sides away from home, which will be concerning. And as you said, the defence leaked over 100 points again. You've got to get this week out of the way first. Saturday night is going to be huge. Our footy shorts, thanks to Loop Logics, the future of construction management for a free demo. Visit looplogics.com. We're going to hear from some of the coaches and also the voices of football around the country straight after this on SENSA. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. 11 minutes to 7 on SENSA Breakfast in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Ollie Lord from Port Adelaide will join us and talk about their preparations for the Giants. Speak to him just before eight and our very own Malcolm Blight. Suki, Suki, la la. We will speak to him at be, eight o'clock. Be careful. Jared. Just a bit of forward, forward thinking. <laughs> yeah. This is going to get a fair run over the next few weeks. 
the Suki Suki La La is one of my new favourites. And I've got a couple of favourites, Mark mm. Bickley. So um, one of them is this. Oh, unbelievable. That's a great one. Oh. <laughs> I, I've, yeah, I like this one. Right in front of me. Right in front of me. It's a good one. And also this one. Hello, darkness, my old friend. So they, Get that ready to go. I'm just chucking. Port Adelaide lose on the weekend. I'm chucking oh Blighty in rotation. Suki, suki, la, la. Um, can we get into a couple of texts before we talk about Braden Maynard, please? Our text line 0427 154 166. Thanks to Ty Power. Okay. Big footy final sale is now on. I'll start with this one from Rocco. It says, Walsh is directed to you. Adelaide United are a business and not a football club. Craig Goodwin was undecided about the offer. The club pushed him into it when they saw the transfer fee. We exist to sell players and not win championships. Whack. There you go. Where how do you respond to that? So my response to um to Rocco is um I have an understanding of the situation of what happened because I'm uh quite close with Craig, but You're connected. All I can say is it's been a really challenging time for both parties. Craig couldn't say no to the offer. The club couldn't say no to the fee. And um, I don't think anybody wins, to be honest with you. Or Craig's bank balance certainly wins. And I did the wedding for free on the weekend. And I've now asked for 20 grand cash. Um, <laughs> Send your invoice in, quick. Um, but, I, yeah, not all is as it seems always. But I know the club are really disappointed to lose him. And, yes, you need to make business decisions whilst making football decisions as okay. well. While we're talking, the World Game, Costa asks or, or makes a statement. Guys, the Socceroos had seven players missing from the World Cup starting 11 against a full-strength Mexico, who are ranked number 11 in the world and away from home. They did very well. Yep, they certainly did. Okay, let's talk about Braden Maynard and whether he is getting three weeks or none. That is basically where it sits at the moment, Vic. So what we thought we'd do was hear from a couple of key players when it comes to the incident over the weekend. With Angus Brayshaw, this is Christian Petrarca talking about how Angus is going. Yeah, I went and visited him yesterday, uh, Friday, um, with Gorney and... um, yeah, he's not going great, to be honest. Like, he's um, obviously he's had a bit of concussion history, um, but I'm like, fortunate that it's only it was six years ago. It's not kind of um, so frequent, but uh, yeah, he's got a bit of a sore neck. Um, and it's really sad. Like, he's one of my closest mates. So I think just in general to see anyone with concussion, whether it's a Collingwood player or a Melbourne player, it is really tough to see someone on the ground. So Petrarca talking about that, he was at the house of Angus Brayshaw alongside Max Gorn, who was there too. And I think he mentioned Clayton Oliver as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, he had a, a couple of people there. Um, Caroline Wilson spoke about this last night on Footy Classified because she wasn't really happy with the fact that Brandon Maynard rocked up. So all bets are off here. In the past, Simon Goodwin probably would have received a please explain for those comments. In these circumstances, the AFL have let it go through to the keeper. We know now that Brayden Maynard went round to the house of Angus Brayshaw with a bottle of wine for the player, with a bunch of flowers for his girlfriend. The reason he was led into the house, I think, is because Max Gorn and Christian Petrecker happened to be there and Max Gorn let him in. It was pretty tense, I understand. I'm not sure the flowers actually made it to a vase, Kane. I think Braden Maynard also contacted Angus Brayshaw's mother, Deb. Don't think that conversation went very well at all. Melbourne are absolutely filthy about this. They're disgusted at some of the excuses that are coming out of Collingwood's mouths and some of the commentated mouths that think um, the, the, the player should get off. And they are filthy. They keep saying, this is not a concussion. This was a two-minute unconsciousness. Even if Melbourne win this week, I very much doubt he'll play in the preliminary final. 
Mm. Yeah, so some strong words there. Oh, look, I don't think there's a playbook on what you should do and what you shouldn't do after, you know, you've injured someone. Like Braden Maynard clearly feels terrible about it. I think Braden Maynard is a is a genuine person. You, you speak to people that know him, you see the way that he plays. He just wears his heart on his sleeve. He's a very genuine person. And I don't for a second think that he tried to do, to have that outcome that came that way. Do you think the club is thinking about how this is going to be perceived publicly? So he was the, I hope he was the person that, that Abby spoke to on the ground straight after the game. So the club put him up. Traditionally, they kind of protect their players and they don't do anything. But I think ever since, do you remember when Dean Solomon um, took out Cameron Ling a fair while ago and Geelong um, were obviously fuming about it, but Dean Solomon was put in front of the media straight away. Mm. So... Colling would have put Braden Maynard up to speak. Then this is somehow leaked that he's gone to visit um, Brayshaw. What I wanted to ask you, and the reason why I'm talking about this, mm. is that your um, incident with Daryl Wakelin in the showdown mm. was highly publicised, and, and Port Adelaide people still talk about this. And obviously, it's really challenging for you um, to mm. talk about. I, I know it's it's more challenging for Daryl to go through. <laughs> exactly. But how, how did you handle that situation? Did you do anything like this? Did you take flowers around to his no, house or anything? No, no. My feeling one, I was deeply embarrassed. Two. I thought that the last thing that their family would want is to see me. So I end up, but I was deeply remorseful. So I end up writing a letter um, and just gave it to someone at Port Adelaide and asked if they could pass it on when they thought it was appropriate. Um, and I also said at the time as well that I, that I wouldn't be telling anyone that I wrote the letter and I wouldn't be using it as any sort of defense at the, at the tribunal by saying, oh, you know, he's, he's remorseful. He's written a letter and he's done this. He's reached out. Like once again, if you, I, my, I sort of just laid myself at the mercy of the tribunal because I thought it was a terrible thing to do and just, just don't defend it and just cop what you get. So that's what happened. So I miss, I ended up getting five matches and missed three finals. So yeah. And appropriately. So. And I don't think when the, the tribunal sits, they're going to say, well, you know what, we were going to give him three, but the bottle of red he took around to Brayshaw's <laughs> house was a really good Shiraz and the flowers were fantastic. So let's get that down to one. And I think he'd be really embarrassed that this got leaked. Someone has leaked that and he probably oh. didn't want it to come out that he's gone around to see him because there'd be so many things that happen behind mm. the scenes, text messages being exchanged. All of these players know one another now. Mm. So they would mm. be all speaking to one another and saying, I didn't mean to do this because if we are looking at the extreme case of Brayshaw, um, the fears are that that could be a career ender as mm. opposed to a season ender. And he mm. wouldn't be want to be responsible for that. And, and like you say, no player goes out there to absolutely knock someone out and to be out for two minutes. It's like you'd, you'd be devastated when you look back and you think, Oh my goodness, what's, what's happening here. And, and yeah. of course the, the other thing as well is, and people have made this point, like when you're playing in finals, you know, the last thing you want to do is do something that sees you in front of the tribunal. It just doesn't make any sense why you would do that. But at the same time, there's all, there's, there's a, what's going on in your head is a, is a melting pot of all different things of stimulation of, uh, um, adrenaline, you know, it's a final, you, you pumped up, you know, your coach has talked about being physical and about, you know, you know, getting it, getting on top of the opposition. So there's all this sort of concoction of emotions and, and, 
energy that's going on. And and he's just got it marginally wrong in my eyes. And 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 there has been a mild hysteria about it because there really hasn't been much middle ground. There's people that say, oh, look, this is, you know, three weeks and he's knocked someone out and it's disastrous. Uh, and then there's been other people that said, oh, it's a footy act. And he tried to smother, he jumped in the air and uh, he couldn't change once he jumped in the air. The person that I have thought has hit it on the mark the most and summed it up best for me is someone who's impartial. They don't have a dog in the fight. It's St Kilda coach Ross Lyon speaking on AFL 360 last night. I think he got it almost perfect from my point of view. When this first came in and the head was sacrosanct, if you elect a bump, you're responsible. If you hit the head, you're responsible. But there's been nuance and grey area added to that. I think that's indisputable. So what level of nuance? And when do you own your action? Is it when you jump off the ground to try and smother when, rather than run to it? So you've got to own your action. I don't think it's just the last bit of contact. I think it's your decision to launch and try and smother and understand where that's going to prepare you into what path. So, Can you um, make that decision in that really short Have you watched time? the game and the decisions some of these players make? They're, the they're game the moves lead. quick. The game moves that yeah. quick. Mm. And, and Ross Lyon is so spot on there, and I feel exactly the same way, is when Braden Maynard is running flat out and running in one direction... And, and when Angus Brayshaw is running flat out in the other direction, if you jump off the ground, there's only one way this is going to end. There's going to be some sort of collision, isn't there? There's going to be a collision because you can't change. Once you're in the air, you can't change your momentum. And, and when you go back and watch it, and, and people say don't watch it in slow motion, but just watch when you kick the ball and Angus Brayshaw is in the motion of kicking the ball that is when, as a footballer, you are the most vulnerable because your arm is out to give you balance. Your head is down because you're looking at dropping the ball. Your, your full chest is open. You cannot protect yourself. And so we just can't say, oh, I tried to smother. I jumped in the air and I can't turn back. You just can't say that. You have to understand that if you are running straight at a player and you launch yourself in the air, there is a chance, not a chance, there's a high probability you are going to have a collision. So then that collision just becomes exactly like every other bump. If you clash heads, if you hit them high, that is careless and you have to, to wear the consequences. So that could have happened 10 times and eight times it could have been a collision and they might've just rolled off each other or Angus Brayshaw might've seen him at the, late enough to be able to evade or do something. And he wouldn't have had a case to answer. But if you do a careless act like that, propel yourself forward towards another player, and it turns out horribly. So whether it's the two in 10 or the one in 20 or the one in 50, you always will have a case to answer in my mind. We have a lot of texts coming through about that on 0427-154-166 alongside Morn Team Group Fleet, seven massive brands. We will get to them straight after the news because it is a hot topic. So we want to hear your voice as well on SENSA. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. Morn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Three minutes past seven. Good morning to you on Tuesday, the 12th of September. 23 degrees today. Beautiful and sunny after a fantastic weekend. We are here in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. And thanks to Chemist 
warehouse. You can head in there for great savings every day. Uh, Mark Bickley, good morning to you once again. You actually sat next to someone from Chemist Warehouse the other day. On um, Friday it was. We had a nice little finals breakfast at Adelaide Oval. Did you work out some good discounts for us? Because I love Chemist Warehouse. Yeah, they've got everything. Great. Everything. You, I know. You name it. They've got it. I agree. So we'll... I didn't quite work the discounts out, unfortunately. So <sighs> next time. Next time, I think you should do that um, because I'll turn into a... Suki, Suki, la, la. If I don't get a good discount, Malcolm Blight, the voice behind the Suki, Suki, la, la, will join us at 8 o'clock. Ollie Lord from Port Adelaide. Before we head into the five things we learned from the weekend, Mark Bickley, um, a lot of texts coming in on mm. 0427-154-166 for that Signet Boost power bank. In regards to Braden Maynard, the incident... Uh, alongside Angus Brayshaw. So I'm going to read a couple to you, and sure. I want your reaction. Okay. First of all, um, Caroline Wilson suggesting that the uh, Melbourne players were furious that uh, Braden Maynard went to Brayshaw's place with a bottle of wine and a bunch of flowers for his partner. Caro's off the mark. Braden and Angus are very close. They played footy in the same team from under seven to under 18. very good mates. That's from Rocco. Um then Graham from Brisbane says, is Maynard fair dinkum? He bought flowers for his missus too. I'd be steaming even more. <laughs> um, and some serious ones. So Luciano says, Bix, do you like how Maynard invades a player's personal space with his forehead when there is no need for that in football today? Mm. Certainly plays on the edge. We saw a bit of that stuff prior. Um, what about when him and uh, Braden Maynard and Jack Viney are going at it? Like, I thought there was going to be sparks flying. <laughs> They're two hard nuts. This one here is one that's come up a little bit. This is from Sean in Sydney. So, Mark, if a player jumps off the ground for a mark, puts his knee up to protect himself and hits their head, is that a suspension? Now, this was raised by Kane Corns last night on Footy Classified. And there's a very simple answer to this. Is if a player has eyes firmly on the ball and is making the ball his only object, nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about at all. That's, the, that's one of the single most fundamentals in our game. We, we eyes on the ball. And the other one is, and this is where the Braden Maynard incident comes into it, we have to protect the ball player. So the player who's got the ball, who's kicking the ball, is in the most vulnerable position. We have to protect him. We can't have people cannoning into them and knocking them out. Same with players like uh, Blakey, Nick Blakey, Head over the footy, picking the ball up, and Jack Martin comes in with a swinging arm and collects him on the jaw. Bloke's got his head down over the ball. We need to protect that player. So as long as you are making a realistic attempt to mark and you are watching the ball and making that your only object, that is the only thing that should matter, and we don't have anything to worry about there. I think the text of the day, I'm just going to I'm just gonna take this from you, if that's okay, Mark Bickley, mm. the Signet Boost Power Bank, um, should go to... Joe, because everyone's talking about uh, Braden Maynard at the moment, but we're not talking enough about Angus Brayshaw, who wears a helmet because his mum wants to see him on the field wearing this, um, sparing a thought for his fiance in the situation because mm. she saw what happened with her father, Danny Frawley. And it was only a few days ago. It was the anniversary of his um, passing, but also it would have been his 60th birthday. So what would be going through the Brayshaw family's um, minds at the moment too would be really, it's a really challenging time for everyone. Mm. Um, so we appreciate that text as well, Joe. So we're going to send you that signet Bruce Power Bank. Yeah, it's just talk about different worlds colliding right there. It is, yeah. it, and and anyone who's got um, children who play sport, it, it is, 
it's nerve wracking as a parent, particularly if it's a collision sport, but anyone who watches kids play and go about it, and particularly as they get older and they get bigger and stronger and more aggressive, there, there are times when you just hold your breath and I can only imagine I've been fortunate so far. My boys are only little, but watching, uh, men play against each other and seeing things happen on the field and seeing people injured. That's, that's just a nightmare. Uh, Michael says, I'm sick of people saying it was a football action when it was paid a free kick against and he was reported by the umpire. So no, it's not a football action. That's another take there. We've got text flying in about this. So, And this one here says, isn't trying to spoil the ball, making the ball your objective? Well, I'm not sure what you were watching, but Braden Maynard wasn't trying to spoil the ball. He was trying to smother it. But, but there's a difference. When one player's got the ball in their hands, that is the person who we put the bubble around and we need to protect. Because as I said, when you kick the ball and have a look at the, the replay, Brayshaw is wide open because when you kick, you, your shoulders are square to where you're kicking it. Your arm is out to give you balance. Your head is down. You have no way of protecting yourself. So the onus is on the game to protect you. And, and yes, there was no intent but when you run flat out in one direction and jump off the ground, knowing you can't change direction, there, it, it was inevitable that those two players were going to collide. There's so many thoughts coming in, and we're going to take a breather and still process some of these. So hold on to your five things you've learned, Mark Bickley, here in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Um, if you do want to give us a call too, we'd love to speak to you on the phone, one 736 736 If you missed the news as well, Beaumont Tiles has given away a trip for two to American footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. All you need to do is shop in store at Beaumont's before the 12th of November. T's and C's apply. It is nine minutes past seven. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 14 minutes past seven on SEN SA Breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Malcolm Blight to join us a little bit later on. And Ollie Lord from the Port Adelaide Football Club. Actually, Bix, speaking of the Port Adelaide Football Club, it has been a massive weekend of sport leading into week two of the finals. Let's find out the five things you learned. SCNSA Breakfast, top five things we've learned. Okay, uh, let's start with the GWS Giants. Uh, anywhere, anytime, 11 venues they've won at across this season, which is absolutely phenomenal. Firstly, to play at 11 different venues is an is a achievement in itself, but to actually win at 11 different venues just shows that it can be done. And just while we're talking the Giants, Tom Green is an absolute superstar. He's a 22-year-old bull who is in the middle of the ground, wins footy, and in finals footy, that contested ability to win it and get it into your half and, and take territory is so, so important. And I just thought his game on the weekend, I know that... Kelly was amazing and others were very good, but I just thought Tom Green has been great for a number of weeks. I think he's had over 30 disposals the last six weeks. He's just almost unstoppable with his size and his power. So uh, he's, if not, will be one of the best players in the competition very, very shortly at 22 years of age. The Giants did so well to score a lot against a team which has restricted so many to so little. Yeah, only the second team that scored 100 points against Mm. St. Kilda. I think Adelaide were the other team, by the way. Uh, Number two thing I learned across the weekend, that Collingwood are back. Any 
thought that maybe they'd fallen out of form, that players that were missing through injury were going to create some issues for them. They shrugged off any sort of hint of lacklustre form or fitness across the weekend. And the way they started that final was just outstanding. I know that Melbourne played some decent footy, didn't finish all that well. But right now, you'd have to say Collingwood are the outright premiership favourites and they've got players to come back as well. They're well-rested. They're going to play in front of another big crowd in two weeks' time. So That's a big call, Bix. What? Uh, watching that game, the the second half especially, you could see how much they rely on Darcy Moore. So the fact he was back was brilliant. Mm -hmm. Every time Melbourne kicked a goal, they responded straight away within a couple of minutes. But I also felt really confident that if they were to play that game again tomorrow, I think Melbourne win. Mm. Yeah, well... Maybe, but guess what? Collingwood are there. Yeah. Melbourne, they got to get there. They play a, a rampant Carlton, and so there's lots of things. And, and and the game will be different. It'll be a different game. Mm. But right now, I just just like everything about Collingwood, the way they're going about it. They some of their sort of uh, star players were down a little bit as well, so they've got plenty of upside. And most likely, Nick Dacos to come back. He in was running side. yesterday alongside Scott Pendlebury, which makes everybody nervous, especially mm. the Port Adelaide fans if they make it through. Well, um, the things we talked about on Thursday that we were looking forward to is the third thing I learned, which was around the consequence of finals. Now, big crowds. This is the MCG. Ninety-two thousand on Thursday night. Ninety-two thousand. Friday night, 75,000 Saturday. The Gabba had 36,000. They were a sellout. But just what it does to people, we saw Bailey Fritch, who's one of the great goal kickers, generally very accurate. It, the, the moment got the better of him. He missed some shots. Uh, Todd Marshall, we saw, missed some shots. He may have a, a, a caveat because his hip is a bit sore, but he was unusually uh, wayward. Max King missed some shots. And there were others as well who, you know, um, uh, Riccardi missed two sitters from about 15 or so metres out. Harry Mackay missed a shot from the top of the goal square. So it does funny things to your mind when there's a huge crowd and huge expectation. Fourth thing I learned across the weekend was the reason why the AFL had to appoint a footy boss. Laura Kane, very, very good work across the weekend. All the discussion around uh, what was going to happen with Braden Maynard, she stepped in and just said, look, I'm going to take this out of your hands, yep. Michael Christian. Um, th this is something the game needs to uh, test at the tribunal. So it goes straight to the tribunal. So well done to Laura Kane, 12 days into the gig and stepping up to the plate. It's exactly why you need someone in the chair to make those decisions and, and uh, be responsible for them. And the fifth one, this is a little bit tongue-in-cheek and a little bit of irony, I thought, um, across the weekend. John Longmire, after Sydney lost in a Titanic struggle, complaining about the goal line. <laughs> it was very funny, Reckon wasn't it? Reckon he got the, the, the rough end of the pineapple because uh, the, the, you know there was one that maybe was touched, maybe it wasn't touched. In the end, they said it was touched. Um, that was touched as well because there was an AFL Michael official. Wilson. Yeah, Michael Wilson just put up the image of the biggest close-up that you will see. And I think that's now shown that you don't need the goal line technology. You just need Michael Wilson there <laughs> to just take photos of everything. Well, the irony is that Sydney wouldn't have even been in the finals if the goal line technology was right. So you can't actually uh, sort of whinge about it afterwards. Now, yeah, I mean, John Longmire. Suki, suki, la, la. <laughs>
No, we love John Longmire. He, okay, he's, so he's a ripper. Sorry, Mark Bickley. Suki, yes. suki, la la. There you go. Uh, put my hand up there. We like the five things you learned. Uh, what did you learn from the weekend? Zero four two seven one five four one double six. That's our text line. Thanks to Mortine Group Fleet. Seven massive brands. That voice, Malcolm Blight. We will speak to him um, in the next twenty minutes, actually. Um, and we want to give you a sandful update next because last night the McGarry Medal was awarded, the Ken Farmer Medal, and it is finally down to three. Who is going to be facing Glenelg? We're going to be chatting about that next. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 25 minutes past seven on Tuesday, the 12th of September. Sunny, top of 23 degrees. Today, we're here thanks to Tire Power. Their big footy final sale is now on. If you have anything you want us to ask Ollie Lord from the Port Adelaide Football Club. Uh, you can let us know on the text line 0427154166. Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game and proud supporters of the Sandfall. Bix, a good night last night at uh, the McGarry Room at Adelaide Oval because Harry Grant from Centrals was awarded the 2023 McGarry Medal alongside uh, Lockie Hosey from the Bays who's took away the Ken Farmer Medal. And a good weekend of finals football too. So um, Glenelg go into their first grand final since 2019. And then uh, we see um, Sturt or Adelaide will be playing against them. Yeah, so got the rematch. So so both sides were almost locked together. Sturt and Central at halftime and also Adelaide and Glenelg at uh, in the second game at halftime, but it was just the class of the teams that had finished higher up the ladder. Sturt in the first game were just just uh, overran Central Districts. They had a burst uh, in that um, second half where they were able to bang about four or five on in a row and then Glenelg got himself organized in the third quarter and just went mm. whack and just blew Adelaide out of the water. So Really good work by uh, Glenelg into another grand final. And like I said, we get a rematch of what was a cracking game of, between Adelaide and Sturt, where Sturt jumped out the blocks and Adelaide ran them down. I can't wait to watch that one again this weekend. Interesting to have a look at Kieran Strawn from Adelaide, who's kind of like a the week-to-week scenario. He still has a big cast on his hand. So you think he would be um, a fair way off. But um, the crowd was good on the weekend. I think it's really good to see the base supporters turn out. And I think Sandful would be hoping for maybe a Sturt Adelaide grand final because of the supporters. Um, Sturt Glenelg, you mean? uh, Sorry. Your take, though, on uh, a bit of commentary surrounding this. Um, Will they get a point where Sandville needs to have a look at these lead-up matches at Adelaide Oval and potentially Mm -hmm. go back to having the grand final at Adelaide Oval and getting your... Five, six thousand at your suburban ground. So I, I just imagine that Strata Armour would have been incredible on the weekend mm. to see the base um, take on Adelaide for their spot in that grand final. Well, they do it in the waffle. They play yeah. the games there. I, I, we're not far away from that. I know yeah. that it's. Uh, the state game's probably the first one, isn't it, where they might look at having that well, that's somewhere been, else? That's been done before. Yeah. Uh, if it hasn't been played as a curtain raiser, they play it at different ovals. But um, yeah, look, I think it's, it's worth exploring. What was the final number? For the I'm, I'm not sure. I know that the, the Glenelg match on the weekend had the biggest crowd of the past two. Mm. So uh, that, that I think is always going to be a concern because there's a lot of, it was, it was funny because at, at halftime I was speaking to um, an Adelaide Crow supporter who supports Glenelg. Yep. So and that, that's basically what they've been saying. They've got young kids who have stuck with the Crows from day one, mm-hmm. but there's so many of these traditional supporters that are going to support the traditional Sandful clubs and yep. then not have any interest in what happens with the other well, ones. Well, the other thing as well, 
is let's just think about this. If you play Glenelg and uh, Glenelg and Adelaide at Glenelg Oval, I think you <clears throat> you're looking at six to eight thousand people there. If you play Centrals and Sturt at Unley Oval, I think you're getting four or five to that as well. Mm. So you add those two together, and it probably outweighs yep. what you get at Adelaide Oval. And the other thing is is when you have six or seven thousand people at Adelaide Oval, it looks and sounds empty yep. compared to. 6,000 people at Glenelg Oval, it is absolutely pumping. And probably more than that, probably eight, I reckon, at Glenelg Oval. So I just, yeah, maybe that's a discussion that uh, we're not far off having. I like the home ground advantage. And I heard a bit of commentary over the weekend about complaints that that Brisbane had their pre-match entertainment for their home game. And Port Adelaide will do that this weekend, even Mm. though we'll have to wear AFL-branded T-shirts because it's the final. But I think if you've earned the right to have a home final, you should have that home game experience and home game environment because Mm. you've you've earned it. Apart from playing at the venue, why wouldn't you have the home ground advantage with every element that comes to your home game? Mm. Yeah, look, I... I'm sort of ambivalent to that. doesn't bother me. What about, so if Port Adelaide made the grand final, they wouldn't play never. The grand, the grand final should be neutral. Why? Because it's no one's home game. Hmm. It's at the MCG. So if Collingwood play, yeah, the argument it's theirs, but well, I think that's, well, no, a, that's no, a neutral if, game. If they finished on top and they're the highest ranked. It's winner. like a champions league final though, in hmm. the, the world game yeah. that becomes neutral. Yep. Anyway, why can't both teams just do whatever they want and, both have their home. They stuff. will. So they will at Adelaide Oval on Saturday night. They will have some stuff for the Giants fans. Probably they'll have um, the lights flashing and things going up on the screen mm-hmm. um, when they kick goals and things like that. But I, I know that Port Adelaide will fight to have never tear us apart, which I'm um, pretty sure that they will. Good on. Love your thoughts. Zero four two seven one five four one double six. Malcolm Blight, not too far away. Also, Ollie Lord. Speaking of Blighty, um, Sports Day SA with Blighty and Wilds. It's on Cruise thirteen twenty three, and of course course on the SEN app. Um, and can I just make a, a quick uh, mention of the, the medal winners, the McGarry medal winners, or the, it's not named the McGarry medal, the um, McCullum medal winner and the Tompkins medal, or the McCullum Tompkins medal. It was won by uh, a young man by the name of Angus Tully. Now, Angus's dad is Andrew Tully, who um, I played a bit of footy with in Port Pirie, who was a great player. And so it's great to see young Angus doing some great things and also Central District's midfielder Dyson Sharp. He won the under-16 best and fairest. To That goes along with his SA MVP and the Kevin Sheehan medal that he won at the National Championship. So he's had quite a spectacular season, uh, the young, young Central District's player, Dyson Sharp. And well done to Angus Tully. Yeah, I saw Tully being presented last night. He's one of the tallest people I've ever seen in my life. And these kids are just well, not getting any smaller. His dad's smaller than me. It's ridiculous, mate. I mean, <laughs> there's something going on in South Australia where kids are just getting taller and making us feel very old. It is 28 minutes to eight on SENSA. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 24 to 8 on SENSA Breakfast. We've got a podcast as well. You can listen to that at the conclusion of every show. On the podcast today, 
will be Malcolm Blight because we're going to speak to him in the next few minutes. And Ollie Lord from the Port Adelaide Football Club. Um, Sports Day SA with Blighty and Wills. You'll hear them after Kimbo and the Roots. So a big day on SEN SA today. Bix, a text coming in 0427 154 Yeah, this is a, a thought-provoking question. Good morning, guys. I know the Maynard situation has been done to death, but can I just offer a quick spin? The people saying that he should be suspended, are they judging the incident on the act or the player involved? Because I have a feeling if the roles were reversed and it was Brayshaw hitting Maynard, would they all just say it's a football incident because Maynard is probably in the top five on everyone's list of least-like players? I feel he may be getting judged on persona, not outcome. Um, no, well, certainly not. I can only speak for myself. I love Braden Maynard. He's one of my top five favourite players, the way he goes about it. Um, so I don't think it's being judged on that. I loved That's watching... Me, me personally. Jack Martin, I loved watching over the weekend. He was outstanding. He's he's always had challenging times with his body, but in that last quarter as well, the two standouts for me for Carlton were Jack Martin and Charlie Curnow and how well they played. This was Sam Walsh yesterday talking about how they're going to challenge the uh, Jack Martin suspension. Yeah, well, Mardo's been in great form. Um, and, yeah, he's just been one of those guys that in the air and in the ground, you can just rely on him. And, um, obviously, hopefully um, we can get the... The result we want out of that, and um, I think we just got to take it how it comes. Like it'd be the play out the next two, three days, and I think there'll be a handful, if not more, of guys putting their hand up for that role. So um, I'm sure Train will have that intensity about it, which is what we need. Mm. That was Sam Walsh. You know, sometimes the voice doesn't match the the player when you look at them. <laughs> Sam Walsh to me looks like an accountant, you know, and you know, <laughs> or a lawyer, or you know, he sounded like a tradie, sounded like a plumber. <laughs> just Jesus, so, well, we we've just ruined any chance of getting him on the show now if we <laughs> ever wanted to do that. Every good side has a good captain, Mark Bickley. We've got a bit of time for On The Mark today, which Excellent. I love because we can break it down a little bit. How does this work for people who are listening for the very first time? Well, you make a statement and then I have to say whether it's on the mark or whether it's off the mark. Now, you try and say that I should be rather succinct if possible, but sometimes that's a challenge for me. Yeah, and I want to get you off the fence. So we, we try to make you pick something mm. and have a real hard-hitting opinion. <laughs> Don't I? I try and do that. No, I think you're I just, great. I just try and have an opinion. Yeah. It doesn't have to be hard-hitting for the sake of it. It's That's just, a good point. It is what it is. Yep. All right. Um, this is today's edition of On The Mark. Okay. If Port Adelaide lose this weekend, Warren Gary Treadray was right. <laughs> this is on his untenable comment. Yeah. yeah. Um, I saw Warren Gary Treadray last week and... He was just bouncing around, just, um, yeah, he's got a bit going on. Well, it is it is the worst possible outcome in terms of the, for the, I'm going to call it the noisy minority who have been against Ken Hinckley and the question mark has been whether he can get it done in finals. Now, I, I just, I, I don't think it justifies it. It's just, it could just be, the way that it's turned out, you know, you look at the, they've been decimated now with injury and players coming in and out at the wrong time of the year. They won 17 games. So clearly the coach knows what he's doing and nothing's changed in terms of the personnel that are up in the box and Ken's down on the boundary line. So nothing's changed there. It's just that they won, came up against a very good side in Brisbane, who by the way, nobody's beaten in Brisbane this year, including Collingwood and others. 
So let's just see how this unplays. But if they were to lose, that would be the doomsday scenario for uh, the Port LA Footy Club. Would it still be untenable or as dramatic as a unelevenable? <laughs> Maybe the, the latter. <laughs> um, the whole of the South Australian football public are going for Sturt this weekend. <laughs> That's off the mark. I don't even think the Adelaide supporters want them to win. <laughs> 99.9 I'm going with. No, there's a few people. There were, I saw some Adelaide scarves there on the weekend. There were a few people that... They were um, left over from the season that they, they chucked them down after that Sydney game. Suki, suki, la, la. <laughs> no, it's... it's um, there's people that, you know, that don't like Sturt, the Moleskin Brigade and the RM Williams. I had a chat to Jackson Haightley last night at the McGarry, mm-hmm. and I had a similar chat 12 months prior to Kieran Strawn. Those players who have been playing the majority of the season at the Sandful level mm. are desperate to win this premiership mm. just as... Michael Godden is and they we were talking before there was some some really good um highlights especially in that first half like to see what Braden Cook could do was oh, really was impressive amazing, and yeah. there's a lot to look forward to for Crows fans and also there's a handful of those boys who are playing for their careers well but also as well I I, I also am so um well, I'm trying to think of the right word not thankful but rap but the, the top-up players who it's a really tough gig that you know they train once or twice a week, they're dry, you know, a lot of them are from the country. They're, you know, all working um, full time and it's a bit disjointed. Some yep. weeks they get a phone call on Thursday night. Yep. We need you. Other weeks it's no, we don't need you. You're like, it's, it's really quite difficult for those guys. They, they live in the, in the in-between of, of being on the sample list and playing in the, in the country or wherever. And I just love the fact they're just playing their hearts out and doing – some of them are playing really well. So, you know, the opportunities those guys are getting are great as well. But, um, yeah, it's – what was the team that played the Harlem Globetrotters? The Washington, Washington Generals, Generals yeah. yeah. That's what the Adelaide Crows feel like. Yes. Well, I want to add on to this as well because one of the things I noticed from the weekend is that in the first game, Sturt ran out to a banner and um, Centrals didn't. So on the mark or off the mark, it's either both teams have banners or none. No, no, that's off the mark. All if right. if Central's are good enough to get themselves organized, did you say Central's had the banner? Central's didn't have the banner. Okay. Sturt did. Sturt, good enough to get themselves organized and want to cheer squad, want to give their players a bit of a lift and give them a banner to run through, good on them. And if the other mob don't want it, that's up to them. On the mark or off the mark, was it awkward when Michael Christian, who's a Collingwood Premiership player, had to decide whether Maynard went to the tribunal? I, I, I think this is why Laura Kane just said, let's just take that totally out of the conversation. I'm happy to put my name on this and rubber stamp this because ultimately it, it ends with me. And like you say, played for one club his whole life. I think he might even worked at Collingwood at one stage, used to host all their best and fairest and all those types of things, uh, premiership players. So he's inextricably linked to it. That's not questioning his professionalism, but if Laura Kane puts her mark on it, it just takes all that discussion out of the equation. Thank you for inextricably. Never heard that before. So what does that mean? Oh, here we go. Oh, I've got him. It just means that it's he's linked to it forever. Okay. Thank you. All right. You're just going to double check that. I'll, I'll, I'll just check that. Uh, Craig Goodwin leaving Adelaide United means season over before it begins. Mm, off the mark. I'm hoping, where's the next, next Nesturi Irakunda? Well, he's like, leaving as well. I know, but I'm saying, where is the next one? There is Adelaide. We don't have time for Adelaide a next United one. Adelaide United have just have seemed to have been able to unearth all these young players. Let's keep giving them opportunities. Okay. The game in Adelaide Oval on the weekend won't be a sellout. 
Yeah, this is an interesting one. And it's an anomaly that pops up every year because with the cost of living the way it is at the moment and finals prices for tickets are not cheap. People that go over it often invest in their um, season tickets and they pay that off. And sometimes it's just a bridge too far to be able to um, be able to afford another ticket for, you know, for two or four people, depending on what your family circumstances are. So yeah, we often see that the finals games aren't sellout. So that is on the mark. All right. We need to rush through these last ones. Matt Crouch should play this weekend in the Sandful. Don't know why he didn't play last week, but if he didn't play last week, I don't think he's playing this week. The Boxing Day test should always be at the MCG. Um, off the mark, not always. Predominantly, yes, but why does it have to be always? And why couldn't it every five years go somewhere else? Uh, this is a text from Dracos. You said Toby Green, not Tom Green, will win the Brownlow, but Dracos is saying Toby Green will win the Brownlow. I didn't say he's going to win the Brownlow. I said he's in the top handful of players in the competition. But what Dracos is saying is he's not even the best Green in the GWS team. Mm. Okay, <laughs> so following on from that, Tom Green could be the best coloured surname to play in AFL history. The, off the mark, Simon Black. Jonathan Brown. <laughs> uh, Daryl White. Um, Nigel Blue. I just made that one Toby, up. <laughs> Toby Pink. He's playing at Glenelg, but he's in there. <laughs> uh, Tim Turquoise. Uh, okay, so two to go. If Charlie Dixon is fit, he should replace Todd Marshall, not Ollie Lord. Uh, off the mark. Um, it's going to be an interesting discussion because depending on how um, – Marshall is, and also depending on Jeremy Finlayson, has been battling a little bit. So there's four players and three spots, but you would have to think that Ollie Lord has got one of them. Mark Magenta. Um, last one. Uh, <laughs> forget luxury cars, million-dollar houses, and bling. The new luxury item of 2023 is a show bag from the Royal Adelaide Show. <laughs> That's on the mark. There you go. It's another one. Great work. Malcolm Blight is joining us next on SENSA. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Montaigne Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Nine minutes to eight on SENSA Breakfast. Good morning to you. Sunny, a top of 23 degrees today. It's actually perfect conditions. Power fans, if you want to go and watch open training today. So, Bix, this is happening at Alberton at 10 15. Uh, great conditions for that Port Adelaide mm. wanting to get the job done against DWS this weekend to make their way into a prelim final. We'll speak to Ollie Lord about that just after eight o'clock this morning. If you keep it on SENSA, you can hear Blighty and Wilds on Sports Day, and we are very lucky to be joined by Malcolm Blight. Good morning to you, Blighty. What did you make of the first weekend of finals? Well, Jared, Mark, good morning, guys. Yeah, hey, pretty interesting games, a couple of close ones. And once again, those two losing teams that um, kicked more points than the goals than the opposition and had more scoring shots. Mm. It's a trend for most of the year. Most of the year, it's been a... It, it's actually a blight on the game, someone said. <laughs> it's come back to bite them on, on the backside. <laughs> just, just talk us through it, Malcolm. You played in lots of finals and... and uh, You've coached lots of finals. What is the advice? You, you know, obviously the consequence goes up and the little voice inside of your head starts talking. What, what's the answer to that? 
Yeah, I, there's no doubt practice. The only the only way you, you keep at the game in any sport at any high level, and don't forget this is the best level that we've got, is that practice becomes the in the thing. So mm-hmm. you practice all the things. But one of the things I was talking about, I, I, Rory Laird was in the studio um, uh, last week, and I was just having a chat with him about his goal kicking. He's going to spend a bit more time on it. It's interesting, isn't it? Mm. He, you know, he's a veteran, best and fairest winner, but he, he, he hasn't spent the time on it. Now, all the coaches say they do hundreds and hundreds of kicks, but if you're not doing them right, and the last thing which I'd, I'd sort of talk about, running straight is the key. Oh. Obviously, the guide down is very important. Mm. And the other thing is, Mark, and everyone forgets this, is have relaxed arms. It's a bit like a golf swing. You can see blokes, their arms are tense. Like, I've got to kick this, I've got to kick this. Mm. But it, the more you relax your arms, the more you can guide it down on your boots. So I think the missing ingredient has been that relaxation of the arms. Yeah, look, the, the point you made about lining up straight it was a key one as well. There's a couple that guys missed from just outside the square. They kicked it exactly where they ran. And the other thing that's creeping in as well, when you're kicking from about 50, because you can just go out on the arc and not have to kick over the man on the mark, Players run out to the side and then invariably hook it to the left. So there's a few things there they've got to work on. Hey, Port Adelaide, are they a bit banged up? And if they are, what's what, what advice would you be giving Ken Hinckley about injured players? It's a it's a real minefield coming into finals, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, they do look as though they've got a few blokes sore. But uh, one of the things I always did, Mark, I don't know, you, you would remember this, mm. that if you didn't train on the major training session, you didn't get a game. I didn't care what your name was, what number you were. It did not matter. And I know, even in my day, occasionally, I'd have a little injection just to help you get through that major training session. Um, and I know blokes have done that over the years, and it's not, it's not damaging, it just helps you train. How can you play and not train two days or three days before a game, flat out, and including some competitive training? Because just some one-on-ones, a bit of tackling, I mean, you've got to practice what you're about to do. They get a bit scared now. Teams get a bit scared, so I don't reckon you can be scared because the next bloke in will be fit. Now, he mightn't be as good, but he'll be fit. Blighty, it's the 25th anniversary of Adelaide winning the 1998 Premiership. We're only talking about this the other day because um, the side lost to Melbourne in that first final and made their way back into the grand final. So what would the mentality be for the Port Adelaide players under Ken preparing for the Giants this weekend? They've got the luxury of playing at home, but there's also a little bit of unknown about the Giants and, and what they can do. Yeah, yeah, twenty five years. It's a heartbeat gone, isn't it, Mark? That you, mm. we can we can't remember those days much. Um, yeah, but ironically, the same losing margin. Port Adelaide lost their game on the weekend, forty eight points. There was that game that uh, the Crows lost to Melbourne at the MCG in ninety eight. So it's yeah, amazing. And then went on to win the next three. So oh, look, I think the GWS they've, they've done a remarkable job. The stat is enormous: eleven away mm. wins at. A, 11 grounds at 11 different grounds and I had a crack few last night at a few Crows people um, you know whinging about having to go to Ballarat and you know Darwin in mm. to do it three weeks or something they've been everywhere they put them on the, on the bus and gone everywhere and they still made the finals and didn't whinge once so ask your question they have got something Adam Kingsley's done a really good job mm. with them they have got something that's melded this group together uh, last year as we know, they fell apart. Uh, they've got some good players. So Port Adelaide are in for a fight um, because this mob love travelling. They don't make excuses. They don't talk about it. They just do it. So I, it's a tough game. I mean, Port Adelaide at home, 
might have a couple out. I, they, they should start favourites, but the other mob have done a great job this year. And do you find that that brings teams together with um, the constant travel that the Giants have had to to do? That could be a theme of the final series of a like a, a why not us? We can win anytime, anywhere. Yeah, well, it's you know, is it is is Brisbane heading there to a grand final like the MCG? Many years ago, they did it there before. So, once again, I I, I find the whole concept of travel now. They've only been doing this for over what thirty, forty years now. Mm. Um, you know, you get into routines. It is easier sleeping in your own bed. I think the whole world of sport understands that. But if you've got a reasonable team that doesn't make excuses about anything you've got a chance to win in there because talent in the end wins. What about momentum in finals? It looks like Carlton have got some real momentum the way they're going about it. If you like what you've seen with them and how important is that, that winning form sort of leading into the finals and taking that through and winning the first week and coming into this second week? Yeah, I, I think talking to you, Mark, even about this, I, I think we get a bit sucked in with the winners, you know, coming from first week. six, seven and eight down that first week of the finals and realise that the other teams at the top have actually earned that second chance by winning more games and being better throughout the year. Now, it can happen, of course, but I reckon if I look back, I reckon the result would only be 50-50 at best. In fact, I think those top teams might be, you know, 55-45 mm-hmm. if I did the numbers just from memory. So it's not over. The team that lost last weekend is not over. They were good enough to get the second chance. So I think you've just got to honour that and think, well, okay, if they get back to their best and the coach can pull it all together and the players can, there's no reason why they can't win. What about going out in straight sets? Uh, Melbourne did it last year. They're facing that prospect this year. We know Port Adelaide have done it uh, a couple of times. Is is that Does that hang over your head? Is, is that a knock on you as a footy club if you can't get it done in finals? Yeah, I, I'm not sure it is, Mark, because next year is a whole new year. Mm. And those those players, those 44 players or 46 players that play in the game this weekend for Melbourne in that game, they'll, they'll never play against each other exactly again. There'll be retirements, there'll be injuries, there'll be form drops. Mm. Um, so I, I, I never considered what happened last year has got anything to do with next year. Not at all. Well, Malcolm, we love chatting. I could talk all day with you about footy and finals. Thanks for giving us some of your time this morning. Uh, have a great day, boys. See ya. Blighty joining us, and you can always listen to Sports Day SA Blighty and Wilds. He was at the McGarry last night. Um, Cruise 1323 on 1629 and the SEN app. Blighty talks about nothing more comfortable than your own bed. Um, for me, my wife at the moment is an aggressive snorer, so sleeping Gosh. in another bed would be outstanding. Did you sleep I, in a separate... Just go back a little bit. Yeah. She's a you just you outed your wife yeah. as a aggressive snorer. I is that going to go down well when that sort of filters back to her that you've just? I was worried last night because I thought a warthog had broken into our house. <laughs> oh, no. So I woke up. Oh dear! Oh. Like, what do I do here? So so how do you get on? Because I I often sleep. Yeah. In a we've got a spare bedroom. Sometimes I sleep in there. Yeah. Um, so I don't wake everyone up at 4.30 in the morning. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so I'm, I try to be a little bit considerate. It's very beautiful of you. Um, yeah, I will try to avoid it as much as possible, but the snoring is... Um, I'm, I, I think I've sort of cascaded into that old man territory where I'm now snoring. 
Well, the reason I asked is because the night before a game, did you sleep in the, the same bed or did you go to a different part no, no, of the house? No, always. That didn't bother me. I had no trouble sleeping. The only thing that I, I did was I spoke to Lee Matthews once. This is when travel was sort of all just sort of starting off because um, you know, before I played a game of footy, I'd never been on a plane before. So yeah. like traveling wasn't sort of big on my agenda. Um, but I read somewhere or I spoke to Lee Matthews about when he went and played a state game, he would take his own pillow with him because he didn't like the pillows in the hotel. So they, when you played for Hawthorne, you obviously that was the VFL. You didn't travel. You only traveled once a year. But I started to take, because I like a, my pillow is very thin. And so I don't need a very fat pillow. So I used to start packing my own pillow and taking that with me. Yeah, I mean, that's a real nerdy behavior. <laughs> um, a few texts flying in just before we head to the news. 0427154166. Just saying that Port Adelaide have only gone out in straight sets once back in 2001. There you go. Um, Thanks for straightening us up. We love that. Um, Ollie Lord from the Port Adelaide Football Club. We'll speak to him next. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Montaigne Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Parker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Four minutes past eight on SENSA Breakfast. We are in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Um, Bix Malcolm Blight was talking about injured players at the Port Adelaide Football Club. We're just reading then that Max Corn will attempt to take on Carlton uh, with a broken bone in his toe. And Clayton Oliver is dealing with knee soreness. Um, have you had a broken toe before? No, I haven't. I, I think it would be critical which toe it is. Mm. Big toe, an issue, little toe. Isn't the little toe really important for balance or is that the big toe? Oh, I reckon the big toe is pretty important. Probably if you had a preference, maybe middle toe. Okay, we're covering the hard-hitting stuff here on <laughs> SEN this morning, and our next guest is probably listening, reconsidering, actually picking up the phone to speak to us. But we were stoked with his finals debut over the weekend, kicking a handful of goals, and uh, it's been an outstanding season for Ollie Lord. We say good morning to you, Ollie. A disappointing result over the weekend, but I'm sure today's open training session, the boys will mean business preparing for the Giants. Morning, guys. Um, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Um, it was a pretty disappointing day on the weekend, but we're um, we're lucky we get to, get to go again. And um, yeah, it all starts at, with a lovely training session today. Yeah, well, good day for it. This is what September's all about: the cut grass and the uh, the sun is out. Just, let's go back to the game because you got a lot of elements of the game right. The, you know, some of the things that around keeping Lockie Neal quiet. I thought Willem Drew did a great job there. Your performance on on Harris Andrew in terms of what you're able to do as well as sort of stop him from having an impact. So some of the tactics work, but it just was some of the other stuff that, um, you know, the scores from stoppage that actually got you. Yeah, I think um, overall we we were really dominant in that first half. Um, unfortunately, we just didn't really put the score on the board to, to show for it. Um, and we just didn't really go to four quarters, unfortunately. Um, we played a great role on um, Lockie and uh, we had a couple of other good individual performances. But, yeah, overall, we just kind of lacked that four-quarter performance and um, that little couple of slight off moments really hurt in finals. Um, big games like that, you can't really be off for five minutes. So, um, yeah, it was disappointing, but 
we go again. I'm sure you'll get to see some of the boys um, a little bit closer when you get to training today. But the the question marks over the health of Todd Marshall, um, Trent McKenzie, and Dylan Williams. Um, first of all, with Todd because he's one of your um, your brothers in the forward line. How's he going? Todd, Todd's moving pretty good, like everyone. I think um, everyone's got their little niggles at the end of the year. Um, he's had a little bit of troubles with his hip, but. Um, Without knowing a whole lot, um, myself, I'm pretty sure he should be all good to go for the weekend, I'm sure. Um, put the faith in, he'll be right to go. Do you take out those things as a positive that although in the end the scoreline was um, a, a few probably more goals than you would have liked um, going the other way, that um, if you get the goal kicking right and it seems to be a theme of the finals over the weekend, um, it could really set you instead of beating the Giants? Yeah, I think it's um, definitely one part of our game that we can improve on. Um, looking, As you said, looking back on all the finals, there was quite a lot of missed opportunities. And um, yeah, as I said before, big games are just built up on who can take their opportunities the best. And I think if we just tinker a few things, fix a few things up here and there, um, I think we'll be in really good stead for a game this week and um, on our home turf, which is really important. Well, Ollie, it's been a big year for you. You've made your debut and, and of course, you'd come up against, um, you know, in a final and making your finals debut. Tell us about the build-up to that. Were you nervous? Did you have people, family and friends travel down to watch it? What, what was it like playing in that first final? It was pretty electric. Um, the Gabba is, is, has a great atmosphere, mm-hmm. so I was, I, was, I was pretty nervous going into it. Such a big game. I've never played in a a bigger game, um, but was just really excited. The opportunity, I was really lucky that we, um, I had some family and um, my girlfriend up there as well. And I think it was just a really cool environment to be around. We um, built the game up really big the last couple of weeks. And um, yeah, I was just really, really grateful to be out there. And unfortunately the result, but um, nonetheless, it was a, it was a great experience. Mm. And and great the way you were able to perform in that sort of pressure cooker environment. Just, let's go forward to this week. You played the Giants. I think the one thing you can you can look at there is it was only it was less than a month ago you actually took on GWS at home on the ground. You're going to play them and, and you played really well against them. So you don't have to go too far back to uh, to gain any confidence. Yeah, hundred percent. I think um, we're really confident in. Um, what we were able to produce, I think that was three weeks ago now, um, four weeks. So we'll be looking to, to do something similar and um, we love playing at home. Get back in front of our home crowd. Um, we qualified for a double chance for a reason. So it just um, yeah, gives us a chance to put go to work again and then um, reach another step in the finals. Before we let you go, Ollie, what was the difference when it came to that home ground advantage? Could you feel in Brisbane with the fans, the music, the atmosphere, um, that that helped them with that extra little percentage too, which would probably get you excited to play in front of your fans this weekend? Yeah, a little bit. I think um wouldn't put that down to changing any result or anything. I think at the end of the day, they... Brisbane really just overpowered us and we're um, too good on the day. But um, I think we're all just looking forward to coming back to a home crowd, get um, get some louder cheers when we do something good. And um, oh, if you ask anyone, supporters or players, 
um, everyone wants a game, a finals at Adelaide Oval. So um, yeah, I think we're all just roaring to go for that yep. opportunity. It's going to be a great experience, Ollie, and uh, no doubt the Port Adelaide faithful will turn up. Congratulations on your performance in your debut final. Let's hope you can replicate that again this weekend and uh, you can be on the winner's list. Appreciate it. Ollie Lord joining us from the power. Don't forget 10.15, that open training session starts Get down there. Alberton today. Support, support your team. A lot of people will be watching the players to see if they come in. So that means there'll be potentially three changes at selection for Port Adelaide. So we're um, thinking Dylan Williams is highly unlikely. Yeah. Trent McKenzie is a question mark over him, and so does Todd Marshall. So, mm. if I, I think Marshall is more likely than less to play, yep. I would think Trent McKenzie is the one who it's hard to get a guide on when he when he did it initially and threw his mouth guard. Oh, I thought this is serious. He couldn't put his foot on the ground, yeah. but then he came back onto the ground. Mm. So whether he uh, maybe had an injection, or not, I'm not sure. But uh, he's the one out of all those players is. Arguably, most pivotal in terms. Well, it of makes it harder as well because the replacements because you don't. Tom Jonas isn't there now. Yeah, Tom Jonas got a calf injury. Tom Cleary's out for the year. Yep. The, the the saving grace is that the forward line for the GWS Giants is not super tall, so you mm. can end up using a Ryan Burton, a Miles Bergman, along with a Lear, to be able to supplement some of those positions. Not ideal, but not. Um, not insurmountable. Text coming in 0427-154-166. Bix, Bix, Bix. You have to dust off the violin this week. The little brother is sad as the more likable, wealthy and successful big brother. We need to cheer them up. That's Cody from Straight Sets. <laughs> and we should say, I got that wrong when I said Port Adelaide had gone out in straight sets last year or in previous years. Yeah. 2001 was the last time they went out in mm. straight sets. They've been probably maligned for not being able to win the home prelim finals. That's been the big kicker for people. You've started the whole little brother, big brother thing. though. That's a theme. Well, Cody's just running with it. But anyway, mm. it is what it is. Mm. Suki, suki, la la. <laughs> 12 minutes past eight are uh, the result of our Bricky Brainstorm next. And now, Parker, for all your class leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. 18 minutes past eight on SENSA Breakfast. Been a big show today. We've got a podcast. You can have a listen to our chat with Malcolm Blight. We just spoke to Ollie Lord from The Power. Um, a big edition of On The Mark as well. Going to be 23 degrees today. Bix, our brekkie brainstorm this morning was about Braden Maynard. Did you want to go through what we asked and what the results yes. are suggesting? We said it was framed this way. Through his contact with Angus Brayshaw, Braden Maynard will get, and then there were three choices, no suspension. 33% of responses said no suspension for Braden Maynard. The next choice was three weeks, 48% of people thought he would get three weeks. The next ability to respond was somewhere in the middle, and that was 19%. So there you go. The most likely outcome, three weeks. Second most likely, nothing at all. And somewhere in the middle was 19%. I looked at a poll last night in one of the big national papers, and there were over 3,000 respondents. Uh, and, and it was framed just two choices. Case to answer, no case to answer. It was 51-49. So whichever way the tribunal lands on this, you're going to polarise 50% of the football population. So what do you think should happen and what do you think will happen? Or are they the same answer? I couldn't tell you what will happen because I don't have any sort of certainty around the AFL tribunal. I've been surprised 
a number of times. The well, if he gets one week, Collingwood will still appeal. You think? Yep. I think if they got one, they would take that and say, "We'll see you in the grand final." So, the, the most like I think the most likely outcome is like our poll. I think you'll get two weeks or more, which will rule him out for the. Once you get the two, it makes no difference if it's two or three, uh, because it's it's there's only two games left for Braden Maynard. What I what I feel I feel the where we are in this day and age with the head. I think it, I don't think there was intent. I don't think he meant to do it. I don't think it was an outcome that um, that was highly likely. You know, he could do that ten times, and maybe this outcome happens once or twice, but I certainly feel it was careless. Do you think it's similar to the Tom Lynch one, which is being circulated? No, no. I think they look quite different. Miles different. Right up until the very last second, Tom Lynch is trying to get in position to mark a ball and and, um, and someone comes out of his peripheral vision and, he, and they collide. I don't mm. think that they're comparable at all. I, I still feel, and maybe we can play Ross Lyon again. Have a listen to Ross Lyon. I just feel like he's summed it up best and I don't think I can add to it in terms of I feel very similar to the way Ross has, has described it. When this first came in and the head was sacrosanct, if you elect a bump, you're responsible. If you hit the head, you're responsible. But there's been nuance and grey area added to that. I think that's indisputable. So what level of nuance? And when do you own your action? Is it when you jump off the ground to try and smother when, rather than run to it? So you've got to own your action. I don't think it's just the last bit of contact. I think it's your decision to launch and try and smother and understand where that's going to prepare you into what path. So, Can you um, make that decision in that really short Have you watched time? the game and the decisions some of these players make? They're, the they're game really... moves quick. The game moves that yeah. quick. Ross has got such a nice little dry turn of phrase as well. But, but he's I feel right, like apologising to him. No, but the, they, the players make decisions all the time and, and they're magnificent at it. And what Ross is basically saying, you know, people are saying, oh, he turned his shoulder to brace himself. Forget that. The action was when you were running flat out at someone and you launch yourself. The minute you jump, I think that's the chaos part because you cannot stop yourself once you do that. And if you're in line with a player who's kicking and you launch yourself like that, there's a chance you're going to, not a chance, there's a strong chance you're going to collide with that player. Now, depending on the outcome will depend on what happens next. If, if Angus Brayshaw jumps straight up and runs off, nothing to see here. But when you knock him out and he's unconscious for two minutes, we have a responsibility. What to, would have to happened, though, if he actually smothered the ball and didn't make contact with Brayshaw? He wouldn't be saying it was careless. Well, We'd be saying no, it was no, a great but, smother. No, no. It, it's, it'll still be careless, but it'll be a different outcome. Like, mm. we do careless things all the time. People talk and send a text on their phone while they drive. They probably do that 100 times. But then on the 101st time, they run up the ass of a car in front of them. Yeah. They're all careless, but it's the one it's the one in 100 that gets you. And unfortunately for Braden Maynard, this was the, the one in 100. He didn't smother it, and he hit Angus Brayshaw when he was at his most vulnerable, which is in the act of kicking where he couldn't protect himself. There was a response to the uh, big brother, little brother text message, 0427154166. Back and forth. This one says, Rich Big Brother Cody, actually, they are homeless and unwanted. Thanks for the rent free space in your head. <laughs> Back oh, after this. Oh, Mark Vickley's done it again. It's SENSA. 
Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 28 minutes past eight on SENSA Breakfast. Uh, this is my favourite part of the day because uh, Mark Bickley doesn't even have his headphones on. He's locked into his phone and I was about to read something complimentary towards you. A text oh. here on 0427-154-166. Well said, Bix. SEN is better with you in it. You're okay too, Walshy. <laughs> I love that. I was just reading the AFL definition of careless conduct. Yes. Might have to save that for tomorrow. That's a little bit of a hook a we call in the business. Tease. People who are unhappy with that, don't worry. Suki, suki, la, la. We'll be better... <laughs> I'm a bit worried now. Hopefully, Blighty's not coming into Studio Lumo directly after us because <laughs> I don't want to get a barrage from him. So, um, Bix, have a fantastic day. It's been brilliant. Thank you so much for sending in all your texts. Tomorrow's going to be big too. We're going to speak to Sam Edmund, who is all across the finals in Victoria, and plenty more. Mark Bickley, have a wonderful day. 23 degrees. Will-